Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. To interact with us, you can always send questions and comments live as we go through these live streams. So, love seeing you Thursday nights on Facebook. Love seeing you Thursday nights on YouTube. Love seeing you later the next day or the day after in your car as you're driving to work, listening on your favorite podcast app. Well, we don't really see you, but it's a thought that counts. Uh, let's see. So, and despite other events, we are not falling off any Apple podcast apps we are staying on all the podcast apps as well so those rumors are false but you know me my name is john ruark i'm a past master of the patriot lodge number 1957 in fairfax virginia and next up for his introduction jason richards hello and good evening hello and good evening that was the longest intro ever i was i was elaborating you were you were (laughs) pontificating <laughs> anyway uh, hey everybody my name's jason richards i'm not going to talk as much as john will uh, in my introduction uh past master vacation lodge in clifton virginia member of a couple others and excited for thanksgiving break woo and here we are it's that time of year here we are yep good so i know a couple of the other hosts are on their way long commute and all but they'll be with us. Yes, they'll be with us soon. And so, um, before we get into t- to tonight's topic, definitely want to give a shout out to all the patrons who've been supporting the show. You guys rock. And so, if you want to help continue to support the show well into the new year, head over to patreon.com slash Masonic Roundtable and come into our secret Facebook group, hang out and ask all the questions about all the things masonry anytime. So, we love seeing you over there. Now, Jason... It's also that special time of year where we do almost almost something for at least the long-standing tradition, right? Because since time immemorial, we've been doing this, or at least for three years. What is this three thing years. we've been talking about? <laughs> what are we doing? So uh, it's about that time of year again where we are opening up the floodgates for the unofficial TMR Secret Santa gift swap so what what we are doing is like last year the year before the year before that sign up uh we'll give you the url it's tinyurl.com slash tmr santa 2022 sign up um and we will randomly draw names actually elfster does that for us which is awesome and uh you will get a gift of you know, no more than what did we say, thirty dollars. I think something. we upped it to fifty, 50. last year. Yeah. Okay, no yeah. more than fifty dollars uh, mailed to you, hopefully in time for Christmas, um, and uh, you will do the same for for someone else. Couple couple quick asides. One, um, U.S. only, because if you ship anything internationally these days the shipping alone costs more than fifty dollars that is true so u.s u.s <laughs> based persons only um and then uh this is on the honor system 
So the Masonic right. Roundtable and its affiliates are not liable we have no for anyone uh, who did not get a gift. So yeah. please, please, please don't be that person. Theoretically, you could get one and not give one. But, you know, so you get randomly assigned one other person that's on the exchange. So the more the merrier. Tell your friends. Tell your lodge. Open for anybody, not non-Masons as well. And we have a good time. So we've done it and for three years. Four random people will get curated gifts from one of the TMR hosts. And we have it so that we will not be giving gifts to each other. Yes. So <laughs> Thanks, we will only, Robert. Yeah, we will only be uh, be selecting you know non-TMR hosts for, for our stuff. So it'd be fun. Good, because I was going to give uh, Robert a copy of It's Business Time. You'd have to give him like 500 copies to make $50. That's true. <laughs> make it worth 50 no. You suck the most. Hey, Robert. Hello huh. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need 50 copies uh, in the words <laughs> of Steve Martin from My Blue Heaven in case I want to read it more than once. <laughs> hey, uh, one last thing on that. Uh, the URL is case sensitive. I do, do remember that from previous years. So TMR, all caps, Whoops. Santa, capital S, 2022. Sweet. Check the Facebook page. We'll have it up there. Yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. Uh, Robert, your introduction. How you doing? Hi. (laughs) Sorry. uh, You know, computer things. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. Uh, I'm just hanging back, letting the dogs run around in my office. Uh, Past Master Waukegan 78, and um, current sitting secretary at Space Novum 1183 in Libertyville, Illinois, and the host of the Once Came You podcast. So good to be with you guys. And uh, even though I didn't see Joe around, I figured uh, I would have my Joe mug um, just so that he had a a presence this evening. So there you go, Joe. There you go, Joe. He's supposedly showing up later. Stuck at work. Maybe. Maybe. That's what they say. All right. Well, as Jason chugs his water, we're going to do the tarot card of the week. Brand new thing inspired by the Whence Came You podcast and other super cool esoteric masons. I've got the I've got a deck out here ready to shuffle. Let's talk about the upcoming holiday week here in the States of Thanksgiving. Giving us one last shuffle. Cutting the deck once. That gives us the card. We will do reversed. So unlike Joe, we're going to call out reverse this time. See, we and should we should use my deck for this. Not there yours. we go. Next time. Next time. Next time. I'm at the ready, and I pulled the Knight of Cups reversed. 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 And I, I'd zoom in more, but the camera gets out of focus here. But yeah, Knight of Cups reversed. Which is fascinating because I think Knight of Cups is actually Joe's card. We were talking about this on a on the way back from the Sonicon <laughs> South. That uh, if you're talking about a Pisces who's very feisty and artistic and emotional and ready to save the day, that is the Knight of Cups. So the reverse is the opposite of Joe, which is why he's not here tonight. Mind blown. The anti-Joe. The (laughs) anti-Joe. So if you were to ask yourself this week, what would Joe do? Do the opposite of that. And that's the right path. And you'll have a good Thanksgiving. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> I can only imagine Joe at, at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> so, Joe, let's talk politics and religion. 
<laughs> Joe, would you like some more green beans? <laughs> Joe, you want to stick around and be Worshipful Master for another year? <laughs> Wait, but that one did happen. Awkward. You know what's kind of funny? Like, you can apply that card uh, really in an interesting way. It's not official. <clears throat> it isn't, right? But if it were, right? Like, that card in particular, project, emerging projects and things. But, Jesus. Hey, pups. But, yes, it does. <laughs> you were saying, Robert? Go ahead. Just that. It, uh, you know, in particular, reversed, uh, it may offer some insight into being, like, overly romanticized about a, uh, a particular project or how good something is going. Uh, so I'm, but I don't think Joe's like that. I think Joe, Joe's like, uh, you know, he's ready to do the thing that he's got to do. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. Only Joe knows. That's true. Also... As a knows, Joe Mama, Joe Joe knows, but also that's that could be a good sign too for easing into the uh, Thanksgiving holiday because I know all my meetings are like just about canceled next week, (laughs) early next week. So you know it's really the the side of holding back, right, and holding back your emotions and just kind of coasting into a reflective, thankful holiday. I'm excited for a two day work week. I am. We trade um, Veterans Day for Black Friday, where I work. So. The old swaparoo, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm just nice. like, nobody's going to be around Wednesday. That's true. So neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so who's who's doing the cooking for you all? That will be my mother. My mom will be hosting this year. And um, just bringing in some of the extended family, not too big, just a small little shindig, ten people tops. Nice. How about you, how about you, Jason? Uh, I am doing all the cooking. What my mom has? So I've been doing all the cooking for Thanksgiving for about the past four four or so years, I think. Um, so my parents are coming up, and we'll have my wife's parents over as well. Um, along with my my nephew and little sister, um, so my my dad usually makes some dessert. My mom offered to make the turkey if I provide the turkey and all the ingredients. Um, <laughs> I will probably just make the turkey, but that's that's okay. It's a nice and offer. So I've got a, yes, I've got a laundry list <clears throat> of <coughs> favorite sides and things mm-hmm. to to pull together for everybody. How about you, Robert? Man, I hate Thanksgiving. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's just not my not my favorite holiday. I'm grateful. It's, just like, it's like gluttony unleashed. It's uh, amazing. Gluttony. It's American. I, I know, I know. Uh, my family loves Thanksgiving. They do a bunch of cooking and things. But my brother-in-law, whose wife is an amazing cook, uh, has COVID right now. So uh, mm. we are not going to do Thanksgiving at their house. We'll probably just whip something up here at the house. Um, if my wife is cool, she'll probably make something delicious that I'll eat like spaghetti and meatballs. But, uh, otherwise I'll do the cookies. old Robert, the, the Robert, yeah, cookies, the Robert Johnson special, which is, uh, like Costco know, pizza. It's like between pan fried hot dogs and mac and cheese or, uh, Cocoa puffs, <laughs> boiled hot dog water. 
Yeah, I won't eat boiled <laughs> hot dogs. No thanks. Uh, so that, it, mac be... and cheese and hot dogs is chef's kiss. Yeah, dude, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not some highfalutin goofball. <laughs> I'll take a good. Uh, but you know what though? Uh, kosher beef hot dogs or all beefs, whatever. I just don't do the mixed weird mm. turkey dogs unless it's Foster Farms corn dogs. I don't know if that makes me weird or what, but those are delicious. I, you're weird, but for other reasons. Not, yeah, not exclusively that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's, um, let's move to a place of gratitude. And one thing we've done in Thanksgiving past is kind of do a quick reflection of things we're thankful for, things we are grateful for. Right. And so this doesn't have to be anything Masonic, doesn't have to be anything um, specifically related to the craft, but just, you know, where are you now? What are you, what are you grateful for as we uh, go into next week? So we'll start with uh, Robert. What's uh, since, since you hate Thanksgiving, what's uh, what are you grateful for every other day of the year instead of the uh, International Day of Gluttony? You know, I, I really try to practice this idea of, uh, of thankfulness every day. Um, Y'all, you know, I think do a lot of similar practices and things. Mm-hmm. People out there who have their uh, their religious practices of, you know, giving thanks and uh, remembering people and things in their uh, their prayers or what have you. Um, I really try to, to focus on that stuff uh, on a day to day basis. You know, every day. I think I've, I've told you guys or other people before, you know, I have just like a rock that I keep in my pocket usually. And every day when I pick it up, I say what I'm thankful for. And almost every day, it's the same spiel that I say all the time. Um, but, you know, of course, other times there are additional pieces of things that I will mention that I'm thankful for that have stuck out to me. Um, and also, I think... The Thanksgiving, you know, one thing that I always thought was really cool was when Jason does this kind of year in reflection um, and he thinks and writes sometimes about the year. And something that I think is is really important is maybe I don't celebrate Thanksgiving with all the food and things, but I do get uh, I tend to do a a reflective activity where uh, in my journal I try to sit down and I really try to capture everything. And, and of course, I, I might sit there for 20, 30, 45 minutes, uh, have a couple of coffees while I'm doing it, and the kids are a buzz around me, and my wife is in and out of the house, or whatever the case is, it doesn't really matter because it's like kind of being present in the moment and then recognizing everything that you're really thankful for. Right. Uh, whether that is, you know, just a, a serene kind of you know, afternoon sunshine and you can see the dust particles in the air or something, you know, where it's like quiet and you're like, oh my gosh, what a, what a great moment. Um, there are moments in my, oh, well, Siri said, here's what I found. Uh, there are things in my life where there have been moments that I kind of like locked in and I said, I won't forget this. And, and they're so silly, but I think as mundane as those moments were, the fact that I didn't forget them paved a way or a foundation to be thankful and have like that attitude all the time. Uh, when I was mowing the lawn, when I was like 16 years old, I was dying heat, like just pouring the, the lawn hadn't been mowed. It was like a swamp back there. And this breeze blew over. I had this eight foot tall fence 
and it was not, it didn't have any slats and this breeze blew over it and just whipped across my face in the summertime. And I just thought, I'm never going to forget that breeze. It was so refreshing. It was like, it was like, God was like, yo, dude, this one's for you, boss, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And it's just those kind of moments. Um, And of course you, you think about the year and what's happened. You know, this year has been great for my kids. It's been challenging for other members of my family. And, um, you know, my grandfather lost his, his wife, his second wife of 17 years. He's a twice widower, uh, 17 years to COVID. Um, and like people are just, you, you reflect on those and you kind of think you're both lucky to have the perspective to know that you're, you're lucky and to be thankful for the life that you have, but also at the same time, uh, reflecting on those people and then, uh, really trying to, to think what is the most meaningful thing I could do for that person that they won't think I'm just reaching out for something like, no, I just really wanted to genuinely check on you, you know? <laughs> Kind of right. So that's kind that's of what I try deal. to focus What's the catch? on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I try to focus on going into the season, you know. Um, and of course, I call it, the, it's the season. I think we all understand that there's a brighter time of year for, for a lot of that stuff. So just moving into that that mindset a little deeper. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. I mean, you went, you went way deeper than I thought you would, <laughs> which is great because it, it really does elaborate on you know the your state of mind and and your your constant dedication to gratitude so i I appreciate that that was very nice super cool how about you jason so yeah so rj alluded to it um there's one time a year where i you know have made a tradition of reflection and and introspection um that doesn't mean that I only contemplate gratitude and hold a, you know, a position of, of thankfulness once a year. Just um, one day a year, actually. Yeah. Just once, just once a year. That's it. No, you it, get it one. It does not mean that. Um, He'll do one. No one likes you. Love you, Jason. <laughs> I love you too. Um, so. I'm going to tell your mom she's not allowed to cook you Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> so, you know, for for me, I try to actually observe an attitude of gratitude, you know, for for at least, you know, just a couple seconds every morning. So, um I work ro- mostly remote and so this is this is my office and workspace in addition to my my podcast space and so when i sit down at the computer you know i just always take a moment and just think through the the things for which i'm very very grateful and a lot of times it'll be you know the same thing uh great family great marriage really great job like i I have been so blessed and, and have been so lucky and fortunate um, throughout my 
my life that uh, there's an awful lot to be thankful for. And I found that if you start your day with gratitude, then it has, you know, kind of like a contemplative or meditative exercise. It has a profound impact on your day moving forward. And so it's almost like, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day unless you're intermittent fasting. Um, but gratitude sure. and contemplation is the most important way to to start your day because it carries forward through the the rest of it. And so that's that's a habit that I that I try to maintain with uh with a high degree of consistency. Well, that's great. So yeah, so I lo- love of course I think as Masons, right, we, we do appreciate the introspective part of Masonry, right, where we take we take a look inward instead of outward, right? Just what can we change? And uh, yeah, as we get closer to, you know, like the winter solstice, right, then that's, that's, that's my jam where I really get like mega introspective. And so this is kind of the transition. Yes, I already have a, a, a holiday tree up and uh, I'm like, I'm like Robert's wife. Like I, I'm ready as soon as uh, November 1st hits, but you know, my apologies to all those Right. And Thanksgiving first. I'm thankful. Thanksgiving first. Thanks, Thanksgiving gets his own day. It really does. It really does. Uh, but yeah, for me, you know, I think what is consistent about us, uh, you know, unbeknownst to us ahead of time, is the the attitude of, of gratefulness, the attitude of, of Thanksgiving. Um, how can you really be, you know, a upward looking creature, right? To say that there has to be something bigger than yourself and then not appreciate like the beauty, the beauty that is all around you. And so that's, you know, we get caught up in, in a lot of the, the daily minutia of life. And so, yeah, I, I always try to assume an, an attitude of, of thankfulness. Um, you know, Just say attitude of gratitude, attitude of gratitude. I love it. There you <laughs> it's go. catchy. And, you know, every time, every time I pray, I start off with thanks, right? Cause I, I think it's rude to ask, to just go ahead and ask God for something when you haven't said thank you first, right? But, uh, God's I don't know. not an ATM. He is not, yeah, it's not transactional, <laughs> but I'm, I'm still going to make a deposit before I make a withdrawal. That that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so what am I thankful for? Um, yeah, again, I, there's been a lot of changes over the past two years, right? Uh, changes in jobs, uh, changes in just uh, just how we how we operate, and you know, there's there's so many things that I, I I'm thankful for. I couldn't even list them all, and so you know, I, I will just say that you know that we are uh, we are blessed in every way and every day, and when we have bad days, we're still blessed, and that's you know that's the attitude I take, right? You always have to stay glass half full, right? You always have to look at the positive. Because if you don't, then then the whole world's going to come down crashing on you. Because uh, I know we have uh, at least an episode in the queue um, that I haven't even brought up to the guys yet on the law of attraction. Because I'm, I'm a huge fan of, like, if you can just be thankful and focus on that, focus on the, the positive aspects of your life, right? You'll, you'll be able to count your blessings. You'll be able to uh, manifest future blessings uh, as, uh, as you go out into the world. So yeah, I mean, uh, we're getting a little too magical here. Uh, you know, I, I could go with the easy ones like okay. health and family, and you know, all that fun stuff, and, and TMR, and you guys, and and all the Masons around the world, but and wheresoever dispersed. But you know, if, if you say it, then it doesn't sound like it's it's meant, and I I mean every every bit of that, right? 
And, and so um, this this year too, in the spirit of Thanksgiving and gratitude and um, serving Thanksgiving dinner, that led me to think about this topic in a little bit different way than we normally handle every year. And so this year I wanted to actually focus on the role of the stewards in the lodge. Because when you think food, you think food and, and Freemasonry. If you don't, welcome to the club. We, we enjoy our food and Freemasonry. <laughs> but someone has to prepare the food. And it's been a Masonic tradition that we have uh, an officer for that. We actually have the officer of the stewards. And so um, it's important to talk about why do we have them in the first place? What, what is their role and how does that enhance Freemasonry? How does that grow the fraternity? Uh not physically, but how does it grow them spiritually, mentally, and socially? So, um, Robert, what's your take on the role of the stewards? And, and is there anything unique that Illinois prescribes to them um, as, they, uh, as they perform their duties? Well, first and foremost, the stewards uh, always get a bad rap. They, um, I don't even know how to, like begin to um, talk about the, the jokes about being a steward and, and these kinds of things. Um, but really, there, there are some very awesome, um, I don't know how to, uh, benefits of becoming a steward, right? And, and the thing that I find really um, awesome about the entire experience, uh, having gone through that myself, you know, a year in each chair, junior and senior steward, um, that's, was that's the great. Fact, mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is it's kind of like, um, McDonald's, right? Everybody starts off at the ground floor. Everyone starts off sweeping the floor. And I think when you don't start from a place of service to the lodge. Not always, but there could be a situation in which you perhaps don't fully understand everything that goes into the meeting. Um, When we talk about the stewards in Illinois, we have something called the Officer's Guide for Advancement. Uh, And it says the junior steward and senior steward should be prepared to do five things. It says comply with all elements of the charge given when installed. Okay, so what is that? It basically tells them that their attendance in particular is very important. It charges them to be at the meeting, right? Because they're like, oh, I'm just a steward. I'm not the master. I don't need to be there baloney. In particular, they are responsible for several things in that charge uh, when they're being installed, things like uh, assisting with lodge setup, assisting with lodge meals, assisting with introductions of uh, brothers who may be from foreign jurisdictions, or they have a whole host of, of things that they are asked to do within that particular charge. Two, become proficient in rod and floor work. They are asked to become essentially uh, to, to memorize the rod work, right? Which like we in, in Freemasonry for anybody who's not a Mason, you might not know, like 
there's some like they're like staffs and they carry them certain ways and they have certain motions they have to do with ritual uh they says assist in the preparation of the lodge's refreshments so this goes back to the idea of assisting in service the other is aid in making visitors feel welcome through introductions and providing a good seat in the lodge room so that's kind of interesting hey we've got a visitor what's the best seat in the lodge I'm going to make sure we sit them there. Front row seats. Um, and you don't have to go yeah. to Ticketmaster for those. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And and so there's this idea there that um, we are going to treat everybody with uh, the utmost importance. Number five says, attend to other such duties as may be directed by the worshipful master. So the catch-all, right? <laughs> other duties as assigned. Right, right. It's the, my favorite line on every job application. Um, and so what is so cool, I think, honestly, is that it's a, it's a position that allows you to serve the lodge uh, in a very important way, um, in the way that not everybody thinks about, um, like, it's kind of like, I don't want to do that. That's a lot of work. You know, it is a lot of work, but doing it, actually, you reap so many rewards. And one of them is the fact that, um, A, maybe you need some humbling. But two, um, man, does it really allow you to get to know the brothers of your lodge. When you are the guy who's going to assert, like maybe you don't want some of the older guys, you know, like maybe they got problems walking or something. So you're going to serve their food to them. They don't have to get up and get in the meal line or taking their plates away, asking how things are doing, um, introducing perhaps a new member to or a a visitor to uh, sit in a spot where he could be surrounded by other brothers so that they don't have to feel alone, you know, these kinds of things, um, pairing people up at dinner tables and like sitting them in the right spot. So they, it's a huge job. And when we say your attendance is of particular note, it really does. It really does matter. Now that go, now that said the last three years of, of my term at Waukegan as a secretary, uh, ours, we had stewards in name only, nobody ever showed up. And, uh, the same is largely true for Space Novum as well, uh, which I don't know. I don't know what the secret is. Huh. I wish wish I had it. Yeah, I'm glad you, you brought up, though, the fact that you know you served uh, two years as steward. And, and uh, that was my Masonic journey as well, that um, I had no idea what I was doing. Brand new green mason, right? And they're like, just slap me in the, the junior chair, which was good because the senior steward had done it before had kind of knew about you know how many servings to to make and all that so i'm just following his lead and going to costco and buying (laughs) buying large quantities of food but i'm glad i did it was it was two years of a lot of work um for because that's you know potentially up to 12 meetings uh where you're feeding up to 30 plus people every every meeting well that's that's a lot of work and that's a lot of commitment and cleanup and all the other duties that come with that and so just that alone was a learning experience but it was also a chance to serve and so um i mean that's that's the real big takeaway here is you you get the ability 
to serve. It's not like the military where, you know, you have to kind of, you're at a lower rank and you, you, you must serve, but you get to serve. You stay, you know, you, you, you turn that, turn that around a little bit and make that positive and say that now, you know, I'm going to learn by doing, I'm going to learn by serving. I'm going to get to know the lodge better, get to know the visitors better. Like you said, and it really, it really just sets you up for success. And and so, yeah, when you, when you're talking about like McDonald's, so I was thinking like, that's exactly Chick-fil-A's model as well. Uh, to become a manager, you must have worked, um, you know, as a bottom employee for a certain number of years. You know, I got to say it. Mayor Goldie Wilson. He yes. started by sweeping the floor. Mayor. No, I- <laughs> I'm going to be mayor. <laughs> yeah. That dude's awesome. So Jason, what do you think about uh, the role of the steward and, and have you seen anything unique done for the stewards in, in Grand Lodge of Virginia or anywhere else about your Masonic travels? So I think, you know, it was alluded to by, by both you and, and Robert that the steward, especially the junior steward is that entry point often into the line for the youngest you know, Master Mason. Um, I, I took, I was elected or I was appointed, excuse me, to the role of junior steward, uh, the very next stated meeting after I was raised. Really? I did not know that. Wow. As we, we didn't have one. And Scott Springer, who was the master at the time was like, Jason, I think it'd be good to get you in a steward. (laughs) Okay. Um, so I think, you know, the steward's role is <clears throat> is not necessarily unique among the officers from a, you know, service perspective. Ultimately, <clears throat> if you take a look at it, each, each officer has their specific method of service to the lodge, to masonry, to the brethren. Um the uh, junior warden is supposed to serve um, during refreshment and really guard against that uh, intemperance or excess, which is easier to guard against in Virginia because it's a dry lodge. Um, <laughs> Too much Grand Coca-Cola. Lodge system. Yes, but uh, <clears throat> you know you have you have the master who you know serves the lodge as that servant leader, or at least should you have the uh, senior deacon who really serves the candidate. Um, Make sure that the candidate and the visiting brethren are taken care of and the stewards really their, their method of service is the meal and taking care largely of dinner before lodge or, or after lodge and so um they can also assist the uh you know the the senior deacon and prepping the candidate and there are a couple other things they can assist with um you know in in the ritual that i'm not going to go into but the fact of the matter is you know they are they are those brethren who are there just to help and so while service, I think, is is kind of germane to being an officer anywhere you are in a lodge, if you're doing it right, um, the, the service aspect 
of the stewards is perhaps a little bit more front and center and a little bit more pervasive. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a critical part of the, the Masonic experience. And, um, I do, I do think that anyone who joins an officer line should spend time as a steward. Yeah. Before they join. Yeah. I mean, should it be a mandate? Probably not because there's always exceptions to the rule. There's always something, but is it something that definitely builds character and definitely puts you in a great position to help and serve your lodge? Absolutely. I mean, it's something that you can refer back to, you know, I just, you know, I was so thankful when I became a master Mason. Um, These brethren took me in they developed me, mentored me for eight or nine months while I was going through the degrees. Um, <clears throat> like, heck yeah, I'll clean up the dishes. That's true. Heck yeah, I'll pay help. back a little bit, huh? I'll help with the food. Like that was <clears throat> a way that I could express my deepest gratitude to these brothers who took me on an amazing mm. journey and took very, very good care of me while I was on that journey. Let's take a moment. I just want to put a little bit of levity uh, into the conversation. Of course, we all know, like, you know, we're, we got the, the bacon burns and the, 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 you know, the pancake flipping scars and all these things. Right. But like, honestly, um, did you, as when you guys were stewards, did you ever find things that you were just like, so why do we have a can of stewed tomatoes from 1987? Well, I, I have another, I have an interesting um, Stewart story, uh, similar but different uh, than than where you were going with that. And again, I believe it was actually during my my very first time as junior steward, brand new Mason, scared to death, right, of of making sure I don't there's enough food and we don't screw it up. And uh, the this specific event that will stay with me till I die was you know we were we didn't get much direction from the worshipful master. So that's red flag. Number one about like how many people to expect or anything that night. And I think for some, for some reason or another, the the senior steward and I could not make it to make it out to go get um, the usual preparations. And so we actually had to call some food in. We actually just went ahead and called some pizzas in with an estimated head count. Little did we know that, it was actually past master's night and every past master that hasn't shown up for lodge in over a year decided to show up that night. <clears throat> so we had guys I had never seen before um, as a Mason show up, right? Cause they're getting their big you know, pats on the back and talk about how great their year was totally underestimated the head count. And uh, I'll never forget uh, one past master uh, said, you know, Within earshot of me, he's like, "What's this crap pizza?" I didn't come all the way here for pizza. So that was fun. So that was a learning a learning moment there about brotherly love. Uh, but you know, again, I I see where he's coming from. I don't think it was uh, the the nicest thing to say, but it was certainly a learning moment for me to say, "Well, you know, as workflow master, I will definitely." improve the process by letting my stewards know exactly I, what's coming up. <laughs> I, that, that is so funny and so Masonic. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> um, just the, the, the entire scenario and the fact that, uh, you know, how often we, 
This month, the theme for the Lyceum is, uh, is our educational magazine here in Illinois was mentorship. And I read, I had to read so many submissions for this issue. And it was so incredible to what I'm relating this back to is the fact that like the failure in mentorship leads to these awkward scenarios where you weren't told or nobody puts you in the loop. And it was, it's just like, uh, thanks, you know? And they're just, everybody's like, well, you had to learn sometime. And it's like trial by fire. I didn't, didn't, yeah, I didn't need to learn that way. Um, so, but man, I feel for you that that had to have been rough. Yeah. And again, you know, that's the thing is it's just a learning moment of what not to do to, to my stewards uh, during my year. So that, that's my, my steward story. Um, what you got a steward story, Jason? I see him thinking. So, <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, as a steward, like we, <laughs> um, two stories, two stories. Um, one as a steward, we, you know, we tried to rotate people in the lodge signing up to bring dinner. Sometimes stuff happened. People weren't able to make it. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, so what we ended up uh, doing was, uh, and this continued through my year as master, um, because at least how it works in my mother lodge, the master, you know, ultimately governs the food that's served and and kind of coordinates. But we try to we try to uh, you know share share the love. Um, we would have on nights when we didn't have anybody or uh, someone had to drop out unexpectedly, uh, we would have what we called the Acacia special. Which is Costco, Costco pizza. <laughs> it's, I never had a complaint about the Costco pizza. They're I good will pizzas. say. Yeah. So, um, obviously I, it I wasn't past say. master's night. <laughs> Well, so we had a, uh, we had like a packed house. I think it was like an official visit for one of our district deputies and we ran out of coffee. Ooh. And so the guys from precinct 313, essentially the, the police lodge, uh, down the road from us, you know, showed up in mass <laughs> and like I'm sitting there like, with the last like half scoop of coffee and I'm like, mm, well, we'll brew it and see what happens. <laughs> and, uh, it came out the color of herbal tea. And I just remember <laughs> this, uh, this retired law enforcement professional past district deputy, uh, just taking a, a swig of it. And he just looked at me and he said, Jason, that's awful. <laughs> I'm like, I know we ran out of coffee. <laughs> That's wow. classic. I, I think Masons. We all really enjoy the uh, the 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 sludgiest Folgers or Maxwell House. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, it's, Kirkland's it's, brand, man. Go to Costco. Mm-hmm. You get the giant tub of it. Wow. But yeah, that's yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I hey, the, I learned that like a tablespoon of coffee grounds is not enough for a twelve cup pot. You you, yeah. you learned <laughs> trial by fire as well. Yes. 
<laughs> well, I think as a steward, my first time operating the uh, the coffee machine was, you know, it's one of those industrial ones. It's got like two grates on top, two pot thingies or whatever. And I, I kind of didn't know, like, I'm good at making drip coffee. You know, I, I've always been a coffee guy, but I had no idea how this thing worked, you know. And so I, I, I like put the grounds in and I turned it on and then like I poured the water in the wrong side and it like came out of the other side, just all over the floor. And they were like, um, I, I remember the guy's name is Jack and Jack was like, this is, if you, are you an idiot? Are you an idiot? Have you never made coffee before? I'm like, I never worked in a restaurant with one of these before. <laughs> Leave me alone. <clears throat> um, I think another time uh, that was interesting was uh, I did fail to show up to a meeting um, right after I was raised, probably the second or third month after I was raised, um, I did not show up. And then the next month um, I had found out that uh, if you don't show up, you get put on a committee. So um, I got put on the ladies luncheon committee um, and that was a horrible experience. Um, did you have so, to make them coffee? No, I I had to work with an ornery, overly moody past master who wanted to like make something special, but really wasn't a great cook. And the only people who showed up for the ladies' appreciation luncheon was my wife and my son. So. It was terrible. I mean, we had all this extra food. And he's like, it's cool. We'll just freeze it and serve it next week. And that just, it was always Whoa. so gross to me. <laughs> um, I think a staple for a steward is like, y'all ever put leftover spaghetti in Ziploc bags? No? Yes. Because you're nobody until you got a bag of spaghetti, my man. Wow. Everybody out the door, you get a bag of spaghetti. There you go. Yeah. There you go. It's, hey, it's better than using like trays with foil because yeah. I took some home from uh, <laughs> from Joe's installation as master, and uh, I'm still finding spaghetti sauce in my. You know car. what they call the season oh, in Illinois? No. Anywhere it gets cold, they call it like chili on the floorboard season. Chili on the floorboards. <laughs> He stopped too hard, and then chili flies off the seat <laughs> yep. out, of oh the, out of the car pot that you bring into Lodge. Boom, everywhere. <clears throat> nice. It's like the chili cook-off I did at work where I was bringing it in and stumbled and doused myself in, like, white chicken chili. Yum. Mm. Oh, and if, it, you, if you made it, I'll be honest, if you made it, I made that's it. a really big waste of good food of culinary <laughs> art exactly i would have been like for a chili cook off your shirt yes. <laughs> ring out the shirt yeah ring out the shirt the it wasn't a full it wasn't a full kevin moment from the office yeah right <laughs> so now actually one thing that um that i like about the the stewards as well is a symbolism tied to them too so I know how we do it in Virginia, but is there a specific symbol that the that is assigned to the stewards in Illinois, Robert? On your aprons and rods, maybe? Yeah, in indeed there is. It's the uh, the cornucopia. Why are you looking Woo! at the stewards' rods? 
the, the staffs, the thing they're holding, not the the staves. Oh, okay. The, yes. Yeah, they're 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 the twin oaks. Yes. Yes. Um. So yeah, so we have the the cornucopia. <laughs> oh, is that a forty-five degree yes. angle? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it's interesting it, because you know everyone, every Grand Lodge has their own tradition, but like you know, we have different facing cornucopias on the aprons of the stewards in Virginia. Like one face is left, one face is right, and so we're like, who get which one's the senior and which one's the junior and. Um, Never, it's not anywhere in writing, but it's all, always one of these long-held traditions that, at least in Virginia, that the steward who sits on the right-hand side of the junior warden, um, his cornucopia faces out, like, east. And then the junior steward, who sits on the left-hand side of the junior warden, his cornucopia faces uh, left or to the west of, of the lodge, right? Because in other words, they're spilling out into the lodge. The cornucopias are facing out, so they're, they're providing nourishment to the whole lodge. Is it all made up? It's entirely made up. Like there's nothing. There's no actual symbolism to that. It's just the way that someone picked it and decided to go with it. Some committee on work member was really proud of themselves and pat themselves on the back for coming yeah, up with like that. How answer. we wear our aprons. Oh, don't yeah. get me started. I think it's like kind of a DGAS moment. Like, cause the rod is like, it spins. So like, yeah, who I'm like, I'm sorry if I'm socketed like on a rod over on the right or I'm holding it or whatever. And I'm standing there. If, if some grumpy past master floor work ritual vulture is going to be like, turn your rod. I'm going to turn it. All right. <laughs> like, Oh, well, it's great. Cause yeah, the, uh, at least in Virginia, the uh, steward's rods have, like, a fine point at the end. So they're Perfect. they're legitimate, like, stabby, stabby things. Stabby, stabby rods. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, it, and this is, this is, like, Joe's chance to shine, but, you know, he's still blowing us off tonight. Because this is uh, the history of the cornucopia, right? With the history in Greek and um, Roman influence, uh, the least of which being one one explanation as to the origin story of the cornucopia being that um, when Zeus was a baby and was being um, nurtured and fed, one of the goats named uh, Amalthea was, was feeding him. Zeus, not knowing his own strength, broke off the horn of this goat that was feeding him and therefore had this, this horn had magical powers that could just keep providing endless nourishment and that has then transformed into this horn of plenty uh, known as the cornucopia today, right? With the the plentiful bounty that comes out of it, so um, you know it, it's it's a neat neat thing of symbolism, not mentioned anywhere in the Masonic degrees explicitly, and and neither is like you know really the the stewards themselves. If you try to find like the history of these stewards, like the the closest thing that you can kind of find is like all the way back to just like the stewards of the King of England, right? It has really nothing to do with a Masonic legend per se. So it's just fascinating to, to see that these, this officer role while critical. Now we've talked about how critical it is to feed, you know, the, the lodge else they get hangry. Um, it, it has a, um, a very unique place in the fraternity, uh, despite it's, uh, you know, not being tied to any other part of, of the Masonic legend. I just found that fascinating. Yep. 
Anything else about the cornucopia before we start to wrap things up? Jason, what are your final thoughts on stewardship, thanksgiving, gratefulness, having an attitude of gratitude, uh, or anything else as we prepare ourselves for this uh, gluttonous season? I think <clears throat> I think any leader in a lodge should start off as a steward. Here, here. Or else. I just think it'll help orient them <laughs> toward a path of servant leadership, which is desperate, desperately needed in this organization. Mm -hmm. Not saying we don't have it, but it's it's critical to yeah. the the building and and maintenance of a of a well governed lodge. Yeah, I, I think I, I could speak for all of us when I say I'm glad we all did. I'm glad we all went through that path, right? Yep, agreed. Coincidentally, awesome. Thanks, Jason. Over to you, Robert. What, uh, as we get ready for this season of gratitude, uh, any other thoughts on tonight's episode? Yeah, I think uh, honestly, if um, a couple, a couple of things, I'm going to try not to be long-winded here. I'm, number one, if you guys go to MasonicWorld.com. It's kind of an homage to uh, Ray Denslow's work, but it's online. Um, you can click on uh, Masonic Graphics. And if you click on uh, under the Master Mason category, page two, at the top row, you'll see two cornucopia. And actually, if you click on each one and you go to Save As, they're labeled as, uh, as uh, Steward S and uh, uh, Steward J. So mm. they're the exact same thing, just flip different ways. And really the direction is not, both of them have the opening on the top and it's just the direction of the curves. Uh, just thought that was interesting um, to note because apparently uh, Virginia is not the only place that has an idea on what exactly, there you go, uh, on which direction these stewards' uh, cornucopias should uh, be used. Um, so, uh, being called to be a steward, number one, uh, to the officers who are looking to fill your line, please, 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 please don't ever friggin' say, it's not a big deal, you don't have to show up for the meetings, I just need somebody to fill the chair. Huh. Like, I swear to all that is good, please don't do this. It sets the bar so stupid low that you're devaluing the position, which is very important. So please don't do that. Number two, um, if you're on the other end of that, if you were the person receiving the request to become a steward, take time to think about that. Don't answer on a whim. Understand that you want to be, as a Mason, you should be wanting to be the best steward you can be. And so... I don't, everybody, you can always be the best at the thing that you got to do. And so give it your all. Understand, you know, the, your brothers are going to know that there's going to be times where you can't make it, yada, yada, yada. We all have lives. But when you're there, like knock it out of the park, make a real commitment to uh, engaging and doing those cool things. Because what's going to happen is you're going to inspire the new guys coming in. 
I cannot tell you how awesome it was standing outside the lodge as an, uh, before I was just, you know, I was on the threshold. And I remember they put uh, my blindfold on and um, I remember the people in the room with me before I went into the actual lodge room. I had the deacon next to me who had my, my hand, hand in hand, interlocked grip. And behind me were the two stewards. And they were so cool and so awesome and so friendly that they had this whole, like, uh, I'm going to use the stupid word egregore about them. Like, they, they exhibited like this this awesome cloud of coolness that made me feel so welcome and so at ease and yet super curious and mysterious. And they were really cool. It was really important. And so your stewards, you know, as stewards, you actually shouldn't differentiate between the steward of the, the lodge being the guy who's got to cook. And then, Oh, by the way, when you do a degree work, you've got other stewards. No, 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 no. You do that work. If you're holding the position, do the work, and it will pay dividends forever. Uh, not just to you, but to the existing people that uh, come behind you. You gotta, it's a first shot to be inspiring, right? And when a new guy sees that you can be inspiring, even at the lowest quote unquote tier of the officer line, that's inspiring. Agreed. That's awesome. Hey, so um, we are going to be off next week for Thanksgiving because it's always on a Thursday. So that means it impacts TMR, but uh, we'll be there in spirit with all of you resuming right back the following Thursday in December. And keep in mind, if you want to get ahead of the game, head over to uh, tinyurl.com slash cap, all caps, TMR, Santa with a capital S 2022. That'll head you over to the... Um, TMR, Secret Santa, Gift Exchange, go ahead and sign up. Tell your friends, get ahead and nail because you want to create your wish list. So when you do get paired up, someone can pick from uh, a little fancy wish list of your own. And so it's all, it, I got to say, one of my guilty pleasures is actually trolling through other people's wish lists on the exchange because I like to see, oh, I want one of those too. That looks kind of fun, right? Looking at other Mason's uh, wish lists um, in advance. You don't know who you're going to get matched up with, but it definitely sparks some good ideas. So uh, head over to that, and uh, we'd love to see you there. So uh, we'll be doing the the matching up sometime in, in mid-December, so that way we can get those uh, gifts out to everybody. Uh, you can get your gift out to your Secret Santa sometime before the holidays. So anyway, this was a great episode. Uh, it, it's always fun to talk about what we're thankful for, and it's, and it's always interesting to see what the role of stewardship is in the Lodge, not just the officer itself, but why we do it in the first place. Um, and it is something that, again, we all agree is a, a position that is not to be taken lightly and can definitely grow your Masonic journey. So if you are, if you're new to the Freemasonry, <clears throat> go sign up, go to help, uh, go be a steward. If not, um, go ahead and make sure you pick a great steward. That's going to help carry that lodge forward through breaking bread together. All right. I want to thank you all very much for watching. We'll see you in two weeks and keep searching for more light. Have a good night. Wow.